Welcome to a new edition of In Conversation with. Uh, today uh, I have with me um, Mark Stolery, uh, who has written a book on uh, Shaheen's uh, uh, L'Emigre, The Immigrant, which is now playing on Netflix. And actually, it was kind of touching and, and an indication of how times have changed, Martin. As you were saying, you know, the you know, one of the main goals behind writing this book was just to get people to see the film. Right. And so, you know, I don't know, 20 years later, is it? 20 years later. Yeah. 20 years later, the film is available on Netflix and we're still drum beating <laughs> to get people to see the film. Right. So now people have no excuses. It's now just the no, desire. Yeah. Right. Whereas before it was like, you know, this making the film available. Right. Now it's kind of getting audiences to the film when there is so much else available. Um, so, so what drew you, I mean, were you drawn initially to Shaheen or were you drawn to this film? Because I, 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 I remember kind of you were very um, into Said, mm -hmm, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you were doing work on Said when I knew you. So kind of how do these things intersect or how did you initially come across uh, uh, the film? What made you kind of want to write a book on it, really? What led you to that, the context? Um, I think it was a conjunction of two interests. I mean, I've, for a long time, uh, ever since back in my brief activist days, back in the late 80s, when I worked in a Palestinian refugee camp, um, I've, been, I've been interested in the Arab world and Arab culture. And then when I specialised in academic work in film studies, obviously Arab filmmakers... Uh, and particularly Shaheen as uh, the, the giant of contemporary Arab cinema. Um, and also, I've done work on the Tunisian filmmaker, Nouri Bouzid, who is, yes. has acknowledged the influence of Shaheen as well. But So, so it, it was an obvious match. Um, the interesting thing about uh, Lemigre is, uh, now the film is available, but my book is extremely hard to find, because it was published by <laughs> a very <laughs> obscure publisher who's gone out of business. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you might find one on, on eBay or, or Abe Books or whatever, but uh, I don't know, has Warwick got a copy? Do you know? Have you checked the library? I think, I, well, the thing is that I'm sure it has a copy, actually, but no, I haven't um, checked because obviously, you know, the, the physical library has mm. been cut off from mm. all of us for mm. the past mm. five months, right? So basically, I mean, you know, it's a real privilege to have access to the library mm. at mm. all. But basically, whatever whatever isn't digital is just not available at this moment. Okay, well. Yeah, and I'm sure yours is not. No, digital. it's not digital. <laughs> well, I will say at the outset. I mean, it obviously depends on uh, the interest of this podcast. But if anybody did want to read a copy, you can uh, put them in touch with me, and I can probably provide a copy in some form or another. So there you are. <laughs> okay. okay, I will do that. Uh, so and and you know, depending on what you say. Uh, I'm happy also to just photograph some passages and kind of include them in the post. Yeah, of course, of course, podcast. yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, but back to my mm. question, what drew you to uh, The Immigrant? At the time, I probably thought it was a better film than it has uh, proven to be. I don't think it's entirely stood the test of time as a film. 
but I'd be interested to know your thoughts on seeing it the first time. But it was the it was the controversy. It was the it was the court case. It was the fact that you could very obviously put it in the context of what had happened to to Salman Rushdie. Um, also, more specifically in Egypt, it uh, the 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 trial, which I hope to talk about in a bit more detail later on, occurred a month or two after Naguib Mahfouz, the 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 great um, Nobel Prize winning Egyptian author, was stabbed in the mm-hmm. you know he was walking across the street in his in his early eighties. So there was a um, concerted attempt at the time to target certain intellectuals as opposed to out-and-out military uh, confrontation with the state's uh, mm. security forces. So, yeah, it seemed a, an important political moment, I think, in, in, in Egyptian culture and film history. Yes. And did you know Shaheen's work before? Did you know, or, or, because obviously, you know, I've read the book and it cites Cairo mm-hmm. Station mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the Nile film and, all, you know, the land, mm-hmm. the sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it was it your interest in the emigrant that then made you see those films, or were you already familiar with that work before you went? To I, I think it goes back to the first point you raised, which was at the time it was written, it was very hard to see Shaheen films. So yeah. actually, um, I was largely reliant on the wonderful programming of Channel Four in the eighties and nineties, uh-huh. and I saw Cairo Central Station and Alexandria. Um, again and forever, um, forever on Channel 4 and kept copies. Wow. But that was, that was the main access I had to. They did a wonderful, wonderful seasons. Um, I think Rod Stoneman was involved at one point in that programming um, of African and Arab films, which I di- diligently uh-huh. watched and recorded on the old VHS uh, videotapes. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 saw, I was always interested in Shaheen as a filmmaker, but there wasn't much written about him then. Um, uh, there isn't. Yeah. There isn't much no, now. No, there's more. Uh, I mean, I basically have found, aside from your own book, uh, there are two monographs: uh, the um, Ibrahim Tawal one that you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, uh, Malik Khouri's uh, "The Arab National Project in uh, Yusuf Shaheen mm-hmm. Cinema." Those are the only two monographs yeah, that I've been yeah. able to find. There might be more. Um, but actually, when you trawl through, you still find references to what you refer. Actually, yeah. the Cinemaction mm-hmm. edition, mm-hmm. the special edition of Cahiers de Cinéma. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not very much at all. And actually, I find it, uh, like you, um, a kind of a real signal of um, you know, Eurocentrism mm-hmm. in its worst aspect, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate this drawing attention. You know, sometimes, and this is going to sound like I have a diatribe <laughs> now against young queer activists, which mm-hmm, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, but there is this thing, how dare you not look at this, or how dare you not mm-hmm. look at this, right? And you think, here is a filmmaker, you know, with this incredible body mm-hmm. of work in which, which is, in which queerness is central to mm-hmm. all of it in its various manifestations. And there's no Western interest from so-called queer scholars yeah, in yeah. this work at all. Right? Like, uh, no, no, there's nothing written on him. It's shocking. It, it, is, is it something, I mean, to do now, to do real work on Shaheen, I think now that we've got these, the, these building blocks, the two monographs you talked about, to do real academic work on Shaheen, you would need to speak and read Arabic. 
Um, and I think that's probably one of the, because there may be Arabic scholars who are working on him who haven't. I, I don't hmm? agree, Martin, because, you know, I do think like, you know, I, uh, uh, film studies to me is like a really broad chart, uh -huh, right? Uh -huh. Like, I think there are certainly some kinds of work on Shaheen that you cannot do without <laughs> speaking <laughs> Arab, you know. But I also don't see why lots of different kinds of critical work, you know, can't be done, you know, on the basis of, you know, these two building blocks that you mm -hmm. say, or, you know, maybe more mm -hmm. other English-speaking work on the society and the culture. But actually, the films are just so rich textually mm -hmm. that actually I think it would lend itself to innumerable explorations well, of various kinds without speaking yeah. Arab, like Ozu, yeah. you know, you never say with someone like Ozu, you need to speak Japanese before you talk yeah, yeah, yeah. or Kurosawa or, right? So I think it's the same kind of thing. Some people will do wonderful historical, sociological yeah, yeah. work in relation to the films, and you need to speak the yeah, culture, yeah, yeah, you need yeah. access. Yeah, but you know, I don't and, see why not. And why. I think also in relation to production studies, because in, in some of your previous podcasts, you've mentioned um, uh, the editor who works a lot with Shaheen. Now... Yes. You know, what contribution did she make to the films? You'd need, uh, you know, access, hopefully, to archival documents to... to uh, For sure. ...to answer those kind of questions. I know, yeah. But, uh, you know, in a related but far-fetched note, <laughs> I fell asleep last night listening to Debbie Reynolds reading her own autobiography. Okay. And she talked about how... Um, part of her training as a contract player at MGM was actually being given lessons by, um, you know, mm -hmm. the editors mm -hmm. and the cinematographers mm -hmm. about lenses, right? They were taught mm -hmm. that, which I did mm -hmm. not know, actually. I thought they were, you know, they were taught how to dress or speak or, mm -hmm. you know, but not about lenses. And she mentioned this uh, editor who, so she was a very famous editor. And then she goes to men on to mention practically all of Enchanted Manali's mm -hmm. films. Well, actually, I wasn't aware of that. Like, you know, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of Manelli. I feel like I know quite a lot yeah, about yeah. him. I didn't realize that this particular female editor, whose name now mm -hmm. escapes me, you know, had been the common link amongst all those 1950s films. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know? So, and that's yeah, Manelli, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, let's go back yes, to the yes. film. So, um, kind of... You know, there, there's a lot of issues that you raise uh, in the film. You know, the kind of one of them that I found interesting was just the, the story of Joseph mm -hmm. itself, mm -hmm. yeah? So could you tell us a little bit about it, and could you tell us also how, um, you know, uh, Christian and Muslim uh, have similar, a joint but different perspectives on the figure of Joseph? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well... As I say in the book, it's a story that's obviously found in the Bible, Old Testament. So it's in the Jewish tradition as well. It's, um, it's in the Quran. There are different takes on it. Now, I must confess, I can't remember the... I go into the specifics of the sort of different emphases in the different holy texts. Um, some characters are named in, in, in some of the texts, some aren't. Um, but it's uh, I, you know obviously Shaheen chose this as a as a as a story that is common to to three major religions. Uh, there's no question about that. I think he also chose it this particular topic because he um, 
he 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 must have anticipated the controversy that it would uh, generate when it was released in Egypt, um, given the climate at the time, um, given the, the 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 certain legal prohibitions on on representing the prophets. Um, but of course, you know, as he, as he says at the start of the film, in in the intertitle in the in the title card, as was claimed at the trial, it's not a, it's not Joseph. It may be inspired by Joseph, but it's Ram. You know, and all the names. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so <laughs> it is and it isn't, Jose. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean he he's very clever, really. Um, but you know, I find his films in general and this one also kind of moving mm. because they, you know, you have this stereotype, certainly one propagated in the West, of Muslim cultures as being kind of you know, bar barbaric mm. and didactic, mm -hmm. you know, and a, and a closing down of all kinds of mm. difference. And actually what you see in Shaheen's work is the opposite. Mm. You see a kind of a proliferation of difference, an embrace of mm. difference, mm. a kind of, you know, a recognition of barriers, but an attempt to be kind of inclusive, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So in the film, there's always this difference between, you know, Egypt and, uh, you know, the desert or the country where... Uh, uh, Ram comes mm -hmm. from, uh, which I forget the name. Tone, Tone. Yeah. So, yep. Tone, he's always an immigrant. Yeah, there's always a difference. Yeah, but actually, kind of, you know, there are many things that they have in common, and, you know, uh, uh, that difference is kind of often, uh, you know, brought in and then kind of brought out, and it's done on different levels, right? Um, yeah, kind of sex, gender, belonging, religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. kind of all of those things are elements in the film that that are acknowledged mm -hmm. as existing mm -hmm. and yeah uh, uh so i think I, I mean i think that's quite quite tremendous i mean um i think the films and this one included are of a conceptual mm. and intellectual uh um level you know that most cinema can only dream of mm. and actually sometimes the only problems that i have so it depends on the work, but generally the only problem that I have is almost a financial one. Mm, yeah, mm. that you know that this could have been better if they'd yeah, had more money yeah. to do a yeah. shot, right, or mm. to process, or well, I, I think his fight sequences are often I, leave a lot to be desired. I, I wanted to say, I'm, I'm afraid you and Richard have, have torn the veil from my eyes because um, I never noticed that about Shaheen before, and now I can't not notice it. And I, it was it was evident in not just fight but any kind of physical action because when he enters the temple sanctuary and falls down the stairs, that that's pretty yes. awful. But that that's yes. is is that money or is that a, a certain kind of basic element of craft skill which for all, for all Shaheen's incredible gifts and genius, he somehow didn't master because it doesn't take money to get well, an actor to roll down some stairs properly or fall down some stairs. No, but but actually, we talked a little bit about this because, you know, I, I forget which film I saw, some B Hollywood mm -hmm. film. And my God, you see the credits, mm -hmm. right? And they have fight scene designed yes, by, yes, yes, right? Yes, like, yes. you know, and choreographed yeah, yeah. by, and then like, you know, 25 uh, 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 stuntmen, right? So, yeah, I, I, think, I think there is money involved yeah. uh, uh, to a degree. But you do see the lack of money, mm. it is evident in itself, but actually it doesn't matter. Mm. And and really, you know, I, I, I personally felt 
that the the emigrant is one of his great oh. films. I was so okay, moved great. at yeah. the beginning, yeah. and uh, and at yeah. the end. Actually, can I? Can I? Yeah. Sorry to interject, but I want to share an yeah. anecdote about money, which I really enjoyed. Which is, uh -huh. so since since I wrote the book, I found a very nice uh, arc article by a French legal scholar on the trial, which uh -huh. I, I'll send you the references to. And one of the things that was cited at the trial was one of the cases made against Shaheen was uh, he's he's a foreign puppet. And, he, you know, strings being pulled by France, because this is a French co-production. Uh, I think the French uh -huh. producer was Humbert Balsan, a well-known uh -huh. leading French producer who worked a lot with Arab filmmakers. And the prosecution produced a copy of the contract the, 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 to make the film in French. Uh -huh. And they said, look, it says uh -huh. in the contract that Shaheen is being paid 35 million euros to make this film. You know, he's clearly in the pay of France. And the defence said, no, you've mistranslated the contract. It says the film must be shot in 35 mil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they, they lost because that point. Uh-huh. That's, I mean, my God, 35 million euros. That would have been like such a super duper production in any I know, period. I know, I <laughs> know. Yeah. Well. Um, you're saying, sorry to interrupt kind of makes me conscious that you're the guest. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> so, um, so I want to go through, um, just through some of the things that you touch on, almost actually kind of chapter by chapter, mm -hmm. sure, really, sure. Uh, uh, from your book. Um, so, um, kind of, but I'll mix them up mm -hmm. a bit. So, um, what do you see as the narrative structure and style of the film? What stands out for you? <sighs> Well, we were talking about earlier about how we could, um, how people could do work on this film, academic work on this film, critical work, without necessarily relating it to to um, you know Arab sources. It could, if you were teaching a course, a module on religious film, religious epics, whatever you call it, yes. this could be included. You know, you could. This would be make a wonderful yes. contrast with. Um, the Ten Commandments or Last Temptation of Christ, etc., um, and it does it does conform to some of those stylistic generic patterns that we're familiar with from the Hollywood. I'm sure Shaheen had watched, you know, in, with with his obsessive cinephilia. I'm sure he'd watched all of the great um, Hollywood religious epics. And uh, one thing I don't like in retrospect is the symphonic score, which you know is uh -huh. is is a a feature that get, lends gravitas to the Hollywood versions of this kind of film. And I don't think it really mm. works here. It gets a bit irritating. It's too it's, it's used too much. I think the use of music in Lemigre is, is not as uh, inventive as in his other work. Um, mm. But uh, spectacle. I mean, it offers spectacle. And yeah. I, I talk about this in the book. But it's not the spectacle of... Uh, to put it bluntly, consumerist waste that you get in, say, the Ten Commandments, where you get endless publicity talking about how much they spent on the film and you know how much the sets cost and blah de blah de blah. And and likewise with 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 contemporary epics, the spectacle here is um, irrigating the land. Um, yeah. Oh, and while I remember, I want to, I want to sort of. Sorry, no, you're talking. I want to put it in the context of Shaheen's career because I think you could say that um, 
Lemigray and the subsequent film Destiny, which I think you'll be covering as well, are yeah. remakes of updated reboots of earlier Shaheen films, namely The Land and Saladin. Oh, really? I think so. And if I can take you back to a moment in the reviled um, Alexandria forever and again, um, the moment mm -hmm. I love in that film is when Shaheen is with uh, Yusra, um, the, 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 the actor, he, he eventually ends up becoming the, his new sort of um, um, object yeah. of desire. And he's talking to her mother. And uh, mm. he says, oh, my best film is uh, Alexandria Y. She says, no, no, The Land, The Land. And I think um, that signals where his career was going to go next because he thought, okay, I've got too much up my own... Uh, uh, you know, self-obsession with the, the, the autobiographical films. I'm going to go back to basics. I'm going to go back to issues that concern uh, the Egyptian people as a whole, not just me as a, um, you know, a self-reflective filmmaker. And I think that's what um, those religious films, you know, those, or those, those Hollywood epics, um, biblical epics, whatever we want to call them, what, I think that's what they do. You know, for better or worse, they can easily be seen and were to a certain extent seen, not by everyone, but by many people, many critics, as allegories of, you know, contemporary America, the, the, the fight against the Soviet Union, etc., etc. I'm thinking of the Ten Commandments here. And I think Shaheen wanted to work in that mode for Lemigray. And that's one of the things that yes. this genre and this style of filmmaking always carries with it. You know, it projects, it tells a story from the past, but it's from, from, from the... You know, from the religious text, but it's always about the present. It's always about the, the society yeah. in, into which it's uh, um, released, and I think he was very deliberately doing that. But yeah, so spectacle. Yeah. The, the, the use of spectacle is very is quite different here to how it's used in similar Hollywood films. I think. Mm. Um, let me let me pause you for a moment because I want you to develop the point about you know the connection between the land mm -hmm. and and Saladin. Mm -hmm. Because I, I do think that there is clearly a, uh, it's clearly a, a, a going back to interest mm, and motif. Mm. So I don't know how you put it, whether you put it as like a remake yeah. or whatever, but which I, I think it's clearly no. not. But you can see the interest in religion yeah. and the interests of the land and yeah, yeah and power yeah, yeah, and yeah, irrigation yeah, yeah. and class yeah. and belongingness. All of those issues kind of come together and intersect. Mm, mm. I think in, in you know in very interesting ways, uh, in this, um, uh, do you see kind of specific points of connection between them? Well, again, the land, um, you know, you we get those wonderful shots of irrigation and water, and I think I'm not sure mm. if this is something you and Richard have discussed in previous podcasts, but there is you know one motif that is woven through Shaheen's films is water, and the use of water, yes. um, and you can think about it in terms of Cairo Central Station where. Um, uh, Kinawi and um, I forget the the, 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 other, the actor's name but they're sitting in front of the fountain I think in, in, in Cairo Cairo Ramsey yeah. Station there's water behind them I remember that there's, there's the people of the Nile the wonderful shots in yeah. water the land I mean okay the land is about it's a serious film it's a tragic film because of the lack of water because of the deprivation of water whereas the Lemigre is the inverse, you know, they find water, they, 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 they manage to irrigate, but it's clearly flipping it um, into a more optimistic mode, but it's also just the, cinematically how he captures 
water, bodies in water, people of the Nile, you know, that's, a, that's the classic mm. example. And there's a lovely um, short essay, but I think by Dave Kerr, the uh, critic for the Chicago Tribune, yes. The Waters of Alexandria. He traces that motif mm. in, in, in Shaheen's film. So I think that's, a, that's something that gets played out interestingly in... in, in and even even the scenes set on the coast in in Alexandria again, you know, it's it you could you can you could track this you could write a whole essay on. The first film of his that I was able to see is the Blazing yeah. Sun, with Omar yeah. Sharif, and it's all about yeah, water yeah. and water yes, rights yes. and who yeah, yeah, gets yeah, them yeah, and yeah, stopping yeah. them and yeah. But so, it's wonderful because yeah, it's because it's war. You could say water is the intersection of his political ideological interests and his aesthetic ones because. You know, water mm. is such a key issue in the Middle East. You know, we, we hear about the more obvious political conflicts, but access to water, um, irrigation, it's crucial, especially in Egypt. Mm. Um, mm. And, and, and Egypt has, has declined in agricultural self-sufficiency over the past 50 years. So it's a key, key uh, economic, political issue. But it's also a fabulous thing for a filmmaker, especially one who is interested in, obsessed with filming beautiful bodies, you're glistening with water, you know, so it's, it's, it's great. Yes. And also, you know, Alexandria, a port city, uh, open borders, everything, everything yeah. connects to water. So I think yes. that's... Uh, and you're right, because, you know, I think in The Immigrant, you know, water gushes yes. and glides and caresses yes. and, you know, it's like it, it can fulfill so many... Yes sensuous functions but, but, <laughs> whilst itself allegorizing yes and but also and uh, Yusra uh, Sinahit uh, she invites him to come and uh, quote tend her garden um, and you'll note that a key feature of where she lives is this kind of enclosed pool which he does dive yes. into but it's, it's it, it, yes. it, it pales into insignificance compared to the fantastic freshwater waterfall that he discovers so again you know there's yes. that water motif is 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 everywhere in Shaheen's work uh-huh. okay good so um so i was asking you also you know to relate land and saladin to the immigrant uh-huh. um and of course you know you mentioned water uh-huh. but another thing that fascinates me about uh shaheen's work is the question of place and belonging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this film is called The Immigrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that seems to be, again, a recurring mm-hmm. motif mm-hmm. throughout his mm-hmm. films. Yeah, so I wondered, you know, if, if you could say something about that. I think it becomes more accentuated in the later films um, because I think there's quite... A, you had an interesting discussion about the sparrow and how do we know that Bahia is Mother Egypt? Well, we know... Mm. Um, because of the music tells us, you know, so as soon as you catch on to the music, which is, music is used far more successfully in that film than Lemigre, but um, in, in Lemigre, we have two Mother Egypt figures. We have Simahit uh-huh. and Hattie. And uh-huh. on the one hand, uh, Simahit is a Mother Egypt figure because she's the high priestess, she embodies the, you know, religious ideals, but she's a foreigner, you know. She and it's, it's made explicit in the dialogue. Whereas oh, yes. Hattie is closer to um, Bahia in that she's an Egyptian, ordinary Egyptian woman, very very feisty, which is great. Um, but she's prepared to travel to leave, you know, because to leave with Ram 
and to go to spend years farming this arid, arid place in Tonay. So one Mother Egypt figure is cosmopolitan, is a foreigner anyway. The other, who is more salt of the earth, is quite prepared to leave Egypt. However, mm. I, would, I, I, did, I was interested to see what, what did the actors go on to do after this film? And uh, Yusra mm. is a fairly major star, not very active now because she's reached a certain age, but the woman, Hanan Turk, who played Hattie, she went on to, to mm. do other roles, but recently she's withdrawn largely from film work because she's become quite religious. Um, she'll only do voice work now. She won't appear on the screen. So um, it's, it's interesting to see how, um, how the culture's moved on and people, you know, the choices the actors have made. Well, I mean, so one of the things that I'm very interested in your mm. book is when you talk about this question of, you know, identity mm -hmm. and belonging mm -hmm. in relation both to Egyptian yeah. culture, you know, but then, you know, uh, Egyptian culture speaking Arabic and Arabic itself being a shared culture mm -hmm. amongst Arab countries, mm -hmm. well, one that all Egyptians mm -hmm. share, mm -hmm. and that then that becomes part of the culture mm -hmm. itself, mm -hmm. yeah? The Quran mm -hmm. is an Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, that, yeah, so you make a whole very interesting argument about that. And it's one that I find very much in evidence in the immigrants, but also a, a kind of, again, a recurring theme mm. in, in, in Shaheen's work. I can't recall it in detail, but there's a film he made shortly afterwards called The Other, which uh, clearly uh -huh. deals with this issue. And, and um, I think what, I mean, what I would like to discuss, I think, is how these issues were inflected at the trial of the film, because there uh -huh. is a... There is a danger, not a danger, but we do need to always be aware that our conversations in this context are very different to the ones that took place around the film in Egypt. And so yes. going back to the issue of identity and uh, uh, um, you know, openness, open borders and so on, one of the accusations that was hurled at Shaheen during the trial and uh, I'll try and get the exact terms, is that the way it portrays Egypt, you know, obviously because, partly because of the 35 million euros paid by France, uh, Egypt is shown as, or all the Egyptians are shown as impotent, homosexuals, or good for nothing. Okay, That's, that, was the, that was the allegation. And um, the defence was to present, was not to take those accusations head on um, and say, you know, we should, we should be entitled to, you know, show the diversity of Egyptian culture. It was to uh, argue Shaheen's credentials as an Egyptian patriot. And yeah. they referred to his, so his entire oeuvre was cited in court. Um, yeah. Unimpeachable past triumphs such as Saladin. You know, how could you, how could you yeah. accuse the, the director of Saladin of being, not being an Egyptian patriot? Yeah. And I think they cited the return of the prodigal son as another yeah. another one that showed his credentials. So that uh -huh. the point I'm making, I think, is that, is that the the way the discourse uh, uh, unfolded in um, in Egypt was very different to, and obviously they make it's partly tactical because they want the film to be shown, etc. But it's very different to the discussion that uh, we're having, or, or you know that 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 Western scholars would have about. Shaheen's films, you know, he knew those were the grounds on which he had to defend this film, 
to try and get it shown again in Egypt. But let me push that because it's it's obvious. So the you know obviously they have a different frame of mm -hmm. reference mm -hmm. twenty years ago mm -hmm. than we do now. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that the conversation in Egypt now would mm -hmm. probably be mm -hmm. different than mm -hmm. the one we're having. I mean, for one thing, I feel I'm very ignorant and really. You know, I'm learning as sure. I go along, and I still have huge gaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things I was so impressed about in your book was that you actually have the names for the actors. Because actually, I, I, you know, I couldn't find them for some of his films, uh -huh. right? Because they're written in Arab yeah, script, yeah, yeah. and I just don't know who they yeah. are. So, you know, you're, you're talking about actors, and you're saying something like, oh, the old man, or the leading yeah. lady, or the farmer, yeah. because, yeah, yeah. you know, you just don't yeah, know what yeah. the name is. So, uh, you know, there are kind of barriers yeah, that I mean, I think we're uh, slowly overcoming yeah. them as we find out more. You know, but they are there. I think, I, just, so, just as a side note to that, I think French scholarship is much better on, in terms of the detail of Shaheen's film. There was a big, uh, I think there was a big issue of Cahiers du Cinema, um, yeah. which gives you a really nice detailed filmography in French. So, um, uh -huh. I think I reference it in the book. But yeah, so you can you. Yeah. <laughs> Read your French sources, Jose, and you'll get lots. Of, you'll you'll get a lot more of that detail if you if you're looking for it. Yeah, well, you know, it will eventually come. Um, it's just not easily uh, absolutely. available. And of course, French French culture is, is different. I bought some of the box sets available in France, and of course, you mm. know, there are scholars on Shaheen. Mm. Uh, you know, often of Egyptian or, mm. or Arabic mm. background, mm. who have access to all those sources. Um, but let's move on. You, you, there, there are kind of several things that you talk about that I found really interesting and that I don't want to let go uh, of. You know, I'll stop pushing you on this thing about identity and belonging for now, but I just want to throw at you that, you know, it ties in with Egyptian history, right? NASA's idea of forming a pan-Arabic republic, right? Kind of, you know, those things don't come out of nowhere, right? And you see them in the immigrant, I think. Uh, You've talked a little bit about kind of, you know, epic uh, and uh, uh, spectacle. And I want to push you on that again now, because you have this really nice thing in the book about allegorizing mm. and the different ways of allegorizing. Mm. And also, and you bring uh, 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 Said and Jameson mm. Mm. Yeah, in interesting mm. ways into this question of, yeah, mm. kind of allegorize and where and for mm. whom. Yeah? Well... I think one of the points I make in the book is that we do, uh, we are tempted partly because of Frederick Jameson's um, groundbreaking work to think about third world filmmaking, whatever you want to call it, in terms of allegory. But we do need to, to hesitate because, um, I mean, it, it, it's just common sense. We can we can generate allegorical readings of any film we wish, but are we just doing that for ourselves? Is that how it's broadly perceived? Um, and one of the so you know we can we can uh, compare Lemigre to Shaheen's earlier work and the interviews. We can take it in a uh, auteurist sense, and we can find these wonderful allegories of openness and border crossing and so on. But actually, in Egypt, the accusation was far more specific. You've made a pro-Israeli film. You know, you you you've used the trope of. Um, cultivating the desert, making the desert bloom, which is a key Zionist trope. And where does Ram come from? He comes from a country which is, uh, or an area which is very, very, is Israel, you know, and that was held at him um, in the trial. So that was a, 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 a very 
circumscribed, specific and politically charged allegorical reading, which was promoted by those who were opposed to the film, to which, of course, you know, he, uh, the, the defence was, no, it's more general than that. You know, absolutely. I've always been, you know, anti the normalisation of relations with Israel until Palestine is recognised, etc., etc. So there was a contest between, you know, a perfectly legitimate, if you take the film on its own, just, just without reference to other Shaheen work, a perfectly legitimate allegorical interpretation and Shaheen's defence in auteurist terms, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, so so yeah, so yeah, yeah. There, there were some interesting interesting discussions going on around this film um, in Egypt at the time. One of uh, um, the themes of the film is the the quest for knowledge. Mm. Yeah, so you know, uh, um, the whole film, in mm. fact, mm. is mm. a quest film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the hero mm -hmm. goes goes on a journey, mm -hmm. or wants to go on a journey. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and he goes to seek knowledge, but it's a particular kind of knowledge, mm. right? It's knowledge to uh, uh, learn how to feed his people, mm. Mm. yeah? Mm. You know, how to, how to go through this change from being, you know, uh, uh, shepherds to being farmers, mm. yeah? Mm. From having to move with the cattle mm. to being able to grow mm. their own. Mm. Um, so, um, I, can you say something yeah. about that, really? Because it seems so tremendous in some Yeah. Um, well, Shaheen uh, made statements, which I quote in the book, about, certainly in the 90s and onwards, his interest being in heroes who are seekers of knowledge. But you, you can trace it back to earlier films. And, and, and what came to my mind was, you know, if we didn't know through his actions and, and what he says that Saladin is a good guy in Saladin, remember... What does he do as a hobby? Experiments. You know, he's experiment. Do you remember those scenes where he's experimenting? Yes, he's a seeker yes, of yes. knowledge as well as a, as a great yes, military yes. and political leader. So even that far yes. back, you see this emphasis, which comes to the fore as you get to the later Shaheen films. Um, you have the French character also played by Michel Piccoli um, in mm. Adieu Bonaparte. Um, he's yes. a, he's a, you know, his, his, his connection with the, well, that he has various kinds of connection with the Egyptian characters, but one of them is around knowledge, knowledge and, and, and literature. Um, and then we have Ram, and then we have uh, the next film, Destiny, which is about a philosopher, um, hmm. Averroes. I haven't seen yeah? that. Okay, yet. so, so it's, it's, there's a shift, but you can see elements of it at least as far back as Saladin. Um, and I think, I think as, as, I don't know, I think as, as his career progressed and as... Um, you know, the, 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 the devastations of the last 20, 30 years were wreaked upon the Middle Eastern countries. I think Shaheen uh, was a bit embarrassed to have made Saladin, which, because of the glorification of, 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 of military, um, military prowess. Um, so I think that, that's, 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 that's one very reductive uh, explanation for the shift yeah. in, his, um, in his outlook. There's a, a whole series of arguments in The Immigrant around, you know, seeking knowledge, but again, it being purposeful knowledge. Yeah. Uh, and the way that Ram deals with it, because I think, you know, uh, so on the one hand, you have religion and what religion stands for, yeah. and an implicit um, critique of you know, at least a certain kind of religion? Yes, yeah? yes, yes. Uh, uh, so can you elaborate on that a bit? Well, I, I can elaborate, I'll certainly elaborate on the sort of representation of religion in Shaheen's films, because I think, mm -hmm. 
there is a consistency here. You go back to the land, you'll see every time the the men primarily in the in, in the film make a decision or have an important discussion, they pray, they have a quick prayer. And and mm. some of the shakes are charlatans in his films, mm. but there's always an acknowledgement of a kind of basic religiosity embedded in Egyptian culture. And mm. um, there's a there's a film in between, a short film Shaheen made, which I, I'm going to give you a copy of, called Cairo Illuminated mm. by Its People. And mm. uh, I had a quote written down, can't access it at the moment, but Shaheen, Shaheen narrates a short documentary, 20 minutes, narrates it in French. I think it was commissioned by French, a French producer or French TV. And he says, Egyptian people are religious, certainly, but not fanatic. You know, they, 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 they wonderfully combine spirituality and sensuality. So there's always an acknowledgement that, and, and there's, there's some wonderful shots of, again, men only, praying in the street on Friday. There's a beautiful shot in, in, in a documentary shot in the in the in this documentary where everyone's prostrating themselves and behind them is a billboard with a cinema poster on, and mm. I think you know he's quite clearly saying uh, conveying these two things coexist comfortably in in, mm. in Egyptian culture. So there's always an acknowledgement of a certain level of religiosity and Ram and and one of the defences of the film because it was taken to court primarily because it was seen to be representing a prophet which is prohibited and adding to the Quranic text and um, which is also forbidden and the defense was 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 not that filmmakers should have the right to represent prophets in Egyptian culture it was well it's not Joseph but it is a religious film it is it does mm. communicate you know values which are key to all religions, Christian, Islam, Judaism, blah, blah, etc. Um, so, so, yeah, I think there is, there is a, uh, uh, I don't think it's just tokenist. I think there is a genuine acknowledgement of a certain religious culture, a religious element, important religious element in Egyptian culture and Arabic culture in Shaheen's films, but it's clearly not the conception that he, some of his uh, militant adversaries um, promote. Hmm. I think the series, I think you have this quote from Said where he says, you know, in Egypt today, uh, you know, if, if the population is 60 million people, you know, 58 yes. million wake up mm -hmm. uh, wondering how they're going to eat yeah. something, yeah. 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 Uh, how they're going to get their food. Uh, and I thought that was such a powerful quote in relation to this film, but also in relation to Shaheen's work. Because, I mean, some of the things that I admire about it are frivolous in a way, mm. yeah, or, or very aesthetic, mm -mm, mm. you know. I love some of his Circean mise-en-scene yes, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, but you also, I mean, one of the things that moved me about his films is that they're films explicitly about things that matter. Mm, and, mm, I'm, mm. you know, I, that's a very general term, mm, right? Mm. But, you know, kind of things that are about life itself, mm, about... Mm you know, kind of what makes a good life or the need for water, how do you get mm, food mm. or, you know, how do you survive in Cairo Station with everyone flitting around you while you're stuck there? I mean, the, yeah, they, they seem about fundamental things in a way that, you know, most of the cinema I see yeah. is not. I mean, it's not that it's not doesn't have serious issues, but there's something fundamental about this, right? So the film begins with, you know, uh, uh, 
sheep, you know, Ram hasn't been looking after the sheep, the brothers get mad and they whip him, they tie him mm. to a tree and they whip him, mm. and it's like, yeah? There's, there's, a, there's, a lot, uh, there's uh, quite a lot of bondage uh, scenarios in Lemma Gray as well, which is, again, is another feature of um, uh, the, the, the Hollywood epic, you know, which I think yes. Shaheen is attuned to. But no, to go back to, yes. the, to the fundamental issue, you're right. I mean, it's, it's perhaps recently in this country we have kind of briefly been reminded when people were worried about, you know, would the supermarkets run out of food or whatever, but it, it's, it's not a day-to-day -day concern for most people in the West in the same way as it is in the past and still now in Egypt. And mm. I, think, I think one of the, part of the greatness of Shaheen is that he can move from a film like the Alexandria Trilogy to then back to basics like this, you know, and, and encompass it all. You know, he claims the right to be, to make as autobiographical and self-reflexive a film as Goddard or Fellini, and then he makes a film like Lemigre. I mean, that's incredible scope, I think. Yes, it mm. is. Though, though, also, you know, there's an incredible consistency of, of themes and interests and kind of, you know, furrows that are kind of plowed in different mm -hmm. ways over the years. Mm -hmm. But um, the point that I wanted to make about that whipping mm. was not, you know, the, the spectacular mm. element or the dramatic element, mm. but it actually begins with something fundamental that is about the family livelihood mm. and family and power relations within mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. It's his brothers that are whipping yeah. him. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not the father, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. somebody else, mm -hmm. right? So actually, it's this very powerful thing, right, that your own brothers want you dead or want you out of the way, mm. right? Or, yeah, mm -hmm. that, yeah, it's biblical in that sense, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's biblical in the way that it, it allegorizes a kind of a complexity that is the opposite of our current sentimentality around those mm -hmm. issues, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we sentimentalize the family, yeah, like yeah, your mother yeah. has to be good, your yeah, father yeah, has, yeah. you know, you have to love your father. Well, here, you know, it's like those bonds are real, yeah. and there's obligations and responsibilities in the family, but they could kill you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they want you dead, some of them, right? And, but also Which everyone is... has to work. Everyone has to work, everyone has to pull together, yeah. and if, you, if, you let, if you're perceived to let the team down, the family down, you're in trouble, you know, because everyone's yes. livelihood depends on that. However, yes. one thing that disturbed me slightly, watching it again, is that the real source of ignorance is um, in the family at the beginning is the wife of one of the brothers. She is the one who's really yes. got it in for Ram. And I thought, what, how strange yeah. to have that kind of rather reductive stereotype when you then later on encounter Simhit and Hattie, who are great characters, great female characters in yes. the film. So that seemed a slight lapse there. It, it feels a little bit misogynist, mm -hmm. and I think you're right, uh, or it comes across as uh, misogynist, because I think she also represents a kind of um, a, a, a dampening on knowledge, mm, mm, a, a willfulness mm, of, mm. of of obscurantism, yes, um, and so on. So I, I I take that, but this is also driven by more worldly concerns. Mm. Yeah, you know the share of each brother, mm, mm, you know, mm, kind mm. of how that differs that they get him out of mm, the way. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, the, yeah, so, uh, uh, um, but yes. And actually, I thought that character is a very interesting kind of parallelism to, is it Imahit? Simahit, yeah. Yeah, the goddess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, because goddess controls 
yeah, uh, or sorry, the high priestess yeah. that she is, controls all of people's beliefs, yes. yeah, and structures mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. right? You know, and at the same time aims to change yes. them. So there's both a kind of a similarity amongst those two characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and obviously kind of you know this difference, and certainly the last declaration, which again you write about, where he says, you know, I did offer my him myself to him, but he didn't accept. Which is, you know, I mean, I think quite powerful even to a Western yeah, yeah. audience. But yeah. it, I, I'm pretty sure it's there. I can't can't claim for sure, but it's there in some of the religious texts as well. Sure. You know? So yeah. this is not necessarily, and I think I make this point in the book, which is this is not necessarily a. We shouldn't necessarily see Lemigre as a post-colonial or whatever, you know, reworking of a biblical narrative. It's just picking up on stuff that's there in the in in the yeah, text, yeah. you know, and, and this declaration, declaration, a powerful declaration of female desire is there, you know. It's so. Yes. so. But I think you know, I think someone could have done it very differently, yeah. right? The way that it's filmed, I mean, also you know, making her husband, uh, um, oh God, what's what's the word? Eunuch. Eunuch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also choosing. To cast that eunuch in the powerful body of whoever the actor plays him. I mean, those are all interesting directorial choices because you could imagine them being done very yes, differently. Yes, true. Yes, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a, a really interesting plays there on power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and so I think, on. Yeah, that, uh, I think for what it's worth, uh, it's, I think it's Mahmoud Hamaida. Uh, he's, he, he gives the best performance in the film, Amihar, the, huh. the, the, the eunuch general. Yes, Some of the, I think he's brilliant yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, uh, though I think uh, the actor who plays Ram, mm. um, I mean, it's not that he's good necessarily, but he does evoke this this incredibly sunny, naive mm. quality, which I think is absolutely essential yes. to that play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the film wouldn't work without. No, no. And I think also the way, I mean, one to talk, going back to questions of style, some of the lighting, some of the, some of the way they use natural light in the location filming at the waterfall and so on, combined with the performance of the actor who plays Ram and Hattie as well, is just incredible. It's so sunny. I mean, in every, in every sense of the word. Yes, I think so too. And I kind of, I also want to underline just how beautiful some of the images mm, are, mm. right? You know, um, I mean, there's a real, for me, like uh, just a formalist thrill in watching some of the shots just mm, because mm. they're so inventive. I mean, you know, he's wonderful with crowds, mm. yeah, with big masses of people and just kind of the way that they circulate in a frame. Like you see, you know, it's a real artist to be able to do that mm. because, you know, most people handle that uh, uh, yeah, terribly. Yeah. Um, so uh, you also talk about allegories of the 1990s and Egypt and the Middle East. Uh, uh, and I wonder, we've touched a little bit on that, but, you know, kind of, do you want to say anything further on that? Yeah, I would, well, to bring things up to date, I think Shaheen is politically very astute, although it was pretty obvious to most Egyptians, in making Amihar, the general, the key character. Because, you know, okay, it's a film about Ram, it's a film about Simihit, but his decisions, his actions are crucial. And he, he represents the military. Um, and everyone in Egypt from the 1990s to the present knows that in the final analysis, 
the military run the country, either behind the scenes or now since um, uh, for the last few years, literally, you know, we have a general in charge yeah. of Egypt. So, um, yeah, I mean, although we've talked about the film as sunny and optimistic and utopian, all of which it is, it's incredibly combined with this hard-headed acknowledgement that the military will determine um, the way forward. Yes. But you see, it's that hard-headed acknowledgement that I really love about Shaheen. Mm. Right, because the thing about Shaheen is um, he's not afraid of complexity. He's mm. not saying, you know, life is simple and if you make this decision, everything will be sunny. He says, no, life is hard and it's complicated mm. and these people have power and there's that problem ahead. And yet, you know, it's important to be open and to accept difference and mm. I can only love you in your difference. Mm. And Yeah, you know, so actually it's kind of making almost all the hard choices that the films kind of bring up. And, and, and that motif which runs through visually and verbally, which is... Freedom constantly has to be seized from the jaws of the wolf. Not just once, yes. but over and over again. That's right, which is a line in the film, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It's, the, yeah. it's the, uh, the goddess that says that. The goddess, the high priestess. <laughs> but, uh, and, and again, I believe, I, I apologise, I can't remember which one, but in one of the religious texts, there is that wolf's motif. So he's taking uh -huh. stuff that's in the holy books. You know, It's not all yes. post-colonial elaboration. He's just picking up certain elements. Okay, fantastic. Um, I want to turn it over to you. So, um, one of the things that interests me about Shaheen is that all his films touch on the question of modernity mm -hmm. and modernization and change, mm. right? So, I mean, obviously he was making films since the 50s. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, these elements kind of alter mm -hmm. as time goes mm -hmm. by. You know, but this question of modernity and modernization in a culture that was still largely rural, mm -hmm. yeah, um, and has changed, it, it, it's, it's kind of like a running theme. And I wonder if you have any views on that in general, and if you see any resonance in that in The Immigrant in particular. Well, I do, um, I do wonder if, to a certain extent, we, should, we unfortunately have to see Shaheen's later career in terms of fighting a rearguard action. So, mm. not necessarily um, advocating a particular modernity, but trying to hang on to a notion of modernity which perhaps comes from the past, which, which is associated with the culture shared by him and Edward Said and people who'd been to, uh, I think, was it Victoria College in, you know, the... Uh, this this yeah. sophisticated worldly um like the eton of Cairo yes 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 or Alexandria. yeah yeah <laughs> well and and you know did did he fully engage with you know contemporary developments in egyptian culture um i mean there comes a point in everyone's life as you know as 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 uh, we 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 can we're finding yeah as we're finding when you, know, you look backwards as well as forwards so it depends which, uh, you know, you can define modernity in so many different respects, whether you're talking about cultural modernity, industrial modernity. Um, so there is that backward-looking element, I think. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did you have in mind when you, when you raised that question? Well, that, you know, so many of his films are about respecting science mm -hmm. or engineering mm -hmm. or technology, the building of the Aswan Dam, mm -hmm a new irrigation system mm -hmm. in blazing sun, you know, kind of uh, mechanisms of boat transport in, you know, the port and, you know, 
kind of you see it in the land and um you know again kind of you know you were mentioning the search for knowledge well you know kind of the search for knowledge is knowledge to make life better yeah. right and so and modernity for me yeah is about that those all mm -hmm. those scientific developments mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that kind of changed ways of life and brought electricity and <laughs> steam power yeah, and yeah. you know <laughs> novel forms of political organization so so that actually is i think in all of shaheen's films yeah yeah, yeah? um and in this one though obviously it's set in biblical times yeah so to speak of modernity yeah. you know in a biblical setting might seem a bit absurd but actually this this notion of migration yeah of seeking knowledge of thinking things through of kind of you know uh, being certain that a way of thinking can overcome yeah. a state of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's very much in this film. And, and, and I think what has moved on, what has differed from, you know, I've compared this one to The Land, but a comment you made in, one, in your podcast on The Land was there is perhaps a conservative element to, you know, identifying the land with Egypt, with people staying in place. That's gone here. You know, it's about yeah. moving on, moving, crossing borders, not being closed, not being insular. And also it's interesting that what at the time would have been, and, and what you know, cinematically is the obvious thing you expect to see in films about ancient Egypt, you never see the pyramids in this. You know, you never see the pyramids because he's not interested. Um, uh, you're right, actually. Uh, though it's interesting because I also saw Adieu Bonaparte. Uh -huh. Uh, yes, and of course it has these glorious images. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Michel Piccoli in front of the pyramids. Sure, sure. So I was thinking for a moment, really? Yeah, but yes, you're right. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to wrap this up, but I want to give you the last word. I mean, is there anything that I haven't asked you about um, that you want to bring up in relation to the film? So, you know, that'll be my first thing. And the last thing is, I, I actually want to go back about your recent experience of the film mm -hmm. right, that you mentioned mm -hmm. at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, but first, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think is important? Um, no, I think we've, we've had a, you know, interesting and wide-ranging discussion. There is one thing about Shaheen Morge or uh, something I want to mention just to give a plug to, because I haven't seen it, but I think uh -huh. it should be mentioned in the context of your podcast, which is, I don't know if you've come across, uh, there's a recent documentary from last year by Marianne Curie, uh, Let's Talk. Have you heard about this? No. I think you'd be very interested. I don't know how you can access it. Hopefully it will be, become available in some format. But she is the, uh, Shaheen was her maternal uncle. And she worked uh -huh. in production on some of his later films. Um, she appears in all of the French box set ah, okay. in these little interviews right. yeah, that okay. are extras so, in the film. So, so. she is, uh, and she's very involved in uh, you know, preserving Shaheen's legacy in terms of the actual mm. films and, 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 and associated issues. But she's made this documentary last year, very small scale, handheld. It's, it's partly about her relationship with her daughter, who is at film school in... Havana, you may be interested to know. Uh -huh. um, but it, oh my yes, God! Yeah, okay, then but, I will. So, so yeah. maybe next time you go there, you can you can seek her out. But um, yes. it's about but who knows when. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but it's about four generations of women. So Shaheen's sister and his mother, I think, are included, uh -huh. and it features interviews with Shaheen late in his life. And one of the things that she says, she quotes him as saying, "She said, look, why are you making this?'" I've said everything there is to say about the women in the family. So, yeah. <laughs> so this would be, I think this would be a really interesting supplement to the autobiographical films. 
Um, okay, well, we will look for that, and I'm, I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to get okay. it. Okay. Um, well, if you do, let me let now, me see. The it. last <laughs> thing is that you 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 said, um, you know, you felt that the film hadn't stood up to time yeah, as well as yeah. you hoped it might. What 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 why? Well, I, as I said, I think it's you know the action. And also, there are some misguided attempts at comedy whereby um, I think you know, Ram falls into the sarcophagus a couple of times. That seemed to be a continuation of some of the carry-on elements that you uh, uh, castigated in, in his previous feature film, uh, Alexandria Forever. The score, I found that a bit irritating. You know, I don't uh -huh. think it's Shaheen's best use of music. But th there are... Um, it's not quite as zippy as I recall it being. I think it does uh, suffer from some of that sort of slurotic um, uh, 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 <laughs> character that, that, that you see in some of the Hollywood epics. But um, th there are there are moments of genius. There are wonderful moments. There are there are there are you know, the toppling of the Pharaoh statue. You said the handling of crowd scenes. I mean that's a, also a quotation of Eisenstein's October. Uh, uh, There's some subtle uses of canted framing, which you don't see these days. Yeah. You know, he, I don't know where he's getting that from, um, um, Citizen Kane or whatever, you know. But, but yeah, mm. there's, there's, for me, it was there were lots of incidental pleasures. It didn't quite hold up overall. Um, I mean, you know, if you, were, if you were to select, if you had the opportunity to just show one Shaheen film, I'm not sure, would you choose this one or would you choose something else from what you've seen so far? No, I'm afraid I would still go with the land. Right, yeah. Actually, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, more than Alexandra, uh, uh, why? But the thing is that it, my feeling about him as a director, his work, mm. is actually that none of it is perfect. Yeah. yeah, really. You know, you can find faults with all of yeah, his yeah, films, yeah. Yeah. right? And and actually, I think I think the problem here is one of looking and how to look, mm. and also developing a series of of expectations. The cinema is not like the one you know no, no. and are used to no, and is no, easy no, no, for no, you. You have no. to open yourself up no. to the differences that the cinema offers. And one of them is, you know, that it's, it, it's, it's not perfectly cohesive, yeah. yeah, kind of, and so on and so forth. But if you open yourself up to it, then I think you'll find wonders. And actually, I think The Immigrant is wonderful, no. right? I find it very moving, no. really, like, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, um, almost like, and, and, and I wasn't sure why I found it moving. I think it had to do with the thing about, you know, family and being mm. an outcast. Mm. And obviously mm. I identify, yes, 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 you know, yes, with yes, the yes. whole thing of being an immigrant and seeking knowledge, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. being outcast, yes, yes. you know. So it kind of it resonated with me on kind of different levels. I found it really deeply moving. And also the most important thing is that along with that emotional resonance, it sparks thought and inquiry, yeah? You want to find out things, yeah. You want to make sense of things, yeah. Which, uh, you know, so so I I thought it was wonderful, really. And know? actually, one other sorry, while you were just, I mean, I was thinking about the aging process, and I was thinking perhaps you know my my uh, perhaps my slight distance from the film twenty years later is because my heart become a bit colder in that time. I don't know, but one <laughs> other nice touch about this film, which you could think, you, okay, you look at Michelle Piccoli in a very long white beard. Which, which, which I am also sporting at the moment, partly, you know, in, in homage to the film, partly because of lockdown. Um, and you think, you could, uh, your first reaction could be ridiculous, you know. But, but actually, he's an intriguing character because although he's 100 years old, 
he still has love in his heart for you know for, for, for yes. his son and and yeah. that's 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 really nice and that uh, that i think that speaks to what you were alluding to now which is which is um I don't know, the emotional tenor of the film, which you could ease, in some aspects you could dismiss it uh, as, as, as overblown, ridiculous, um, incoherent, but you have to be open to these kind of things. And, and, and uh, yes. you know, you can either, either say, oh, why have they got Michelle Piccoli in a white beard? It's just for the, you know, French, the French Euro um, production money, or actually he's using him really effectively. I think he's using him really effectively, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and, and I think Piccoli is wonderful. Anyway. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, all right, Martin. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, talking to us. This is going to be uh, the first of two uh, podcasts uh, on um, uh, the immigrants, mm. uh, l'émigré. Uh, and I am going to um, post some passages uh, from uh, Martin's wonderful book on um, the blog post that accompanies the podcast. So thank you very much, Martin. Uh, th th thank you for invi inviting me to talk. It's it's for for a film uh, scholar. It's the equivalent of being invited onto Chris Evans's <laughs> breakfast show or whatever. So <laughs> thanks. Thank you very much. All right. Good. Thank you. Thank you.